Two Salta women fight for their freedom. Overdoses among Punjabi international students are hard to track. Pierre Polyever courting Quebec MNAs and 50 women kidnapped in Burkina Faso. Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 17th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. This morning, we start in Saskatchewan with a story from APTN News. Two Salto women are demanding their own release for a crime that their cousin admitted to committing. The pair were present the night that Anthony Joseph Dolph was viciously murdered in 1994. Dolph was a farmer near the town of Kamsak. Odelia and Nerissa Quezance from Kisiku's First Nation have served 30 years in various correctional facilities. They were convicted of second-degree murder when they were 21 and 19 and were sentenced for 10 years before a chance of parole. The report for APTN by Kathleen Martins details that the two sisters lived in facilities for most of their lives before murder charges. They are both residential school survivors and were sexually trafficked as children. Noted lawyer James Lockyer with Innocence Canada is their lawyer. They're calling for their charges to either be downgraded or overturned. However, the Saskatchewan government is expected to oppose granting the sisters bail. Martin reports, quote, Saskatchewan Crown Attorney Kelly Cape filed 462 pages of prison and parole records in advance of their bail hearing. The records don't specifically explain why the province is opposing bail, but it is on the record that the department has said there's no need for a federal review of the case. Both women have been assessed as low risks to escape and reoffend. Martin writes. Martin quotes Lockyer, who notes that while Nerissa was unlawfully at large for two years while on parole, she lived and volunteered as a support worker in Vancouver's downtown east side. Their bail hearing is scheduled for January 17th and 18th. That's today and tomorrow. Now to BC, where faith leaders are sounding the alarm over a spike in deaths among Punjabi international students from drug overdoses. Press Progress's Rumnik Johal is reporting that Jiani Narinder Singh from Asuri Gudwara says that the Gudwara has, quote, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars helping return the bodies of students back home to India to their families. Families often give power of attorney over to the Gudwara, and I'm quoting, because they are unable to afford the funeral costs or to pay for the body to be returned. The Gudwara then receives the coroner's report, which states the cause of death. 80% of the reports we receive, we've noted that 80% of the deaths are drug-related, Singh told Press Progress. It's hard to confirm these numbers because BC's coroner's service, like pretty much everywhere else in Canada, doesn't track race-based overdose data. Niraj Walia from the Guru Nanak Food Bank has seen the same trends. Walia told Press Progress that, quote, funeral homes... They can show the numbers. I can say every single week there are one or two international student deaths that are reported in Surrey. On Monday, we've had another funeral for a young man who's overdosed. Information about drugs is difficult to get in Punjabi. Some people are being given pills if they ask for something that'll help them stay up all night while not being told what exactly they are. They don't understand the difference between substances, and this might be one of the reasons for the overdoses. Though, as we know from the COVID pandemic... If you don't collect the data, you don't have a problem. And if you don't have a problem, you don't have to do anything. 
especially considering that international students and attracting international students to Canada remains big business. Now, for national news, we start with the show Tout le monde en parle, which is Quebec's most popular weekly talk show. This past Sunday night, columnist Chantal Hébert said that she had heard from the rumor mill that the Conservative Party has been searching for star candidates in Quebec. Pierre Polyever has a Quebec problem. He's not that popular in the province, and he certainly is not standing to grab as many seats as he needs in the next election. His party and his tendency is too far right for a majority of Quebecers, and it would make sense if he was courting certain high-profile candidates who are currently serving in the government. And that's what Hébert said that she'd heard. She said that from two very well-connected sources, the party was courting Eric Kerr and Geneviève Guibault. Kerr is a longtime MNA who was first elected under the ADQ banner, the Action Démocratique du Québec. Guibault is a star of the party. She's young and she has served already as deputy premier and public safety minister. Well, Polyever is flatly denying the rumors. In a report from Joël Girard from Radio-Canada, Polyever is saying that he has never suggested star candidates as a politician before and that Hébert's claims are completely false. Now, one of the things that I think is fascinating is the way that politicians fashion themselves differently in Quebec or in French than they do in the rest of Canada. And Girard's report goes on to talk about other politics, specifically green politics or environmental politics. Polyever makes some environmental commitments in the same press conference. He actually says, yes, quote, we must combat climate change by making green tech and energy more affordable and accessible to Canadians, including making them here in Canada. He specifically promises to support Francois Legault's plans to build new hydrogen projects, plans that are not exactly popular among all Quebecers. And also he wants to see an increase in lithium mining to be able to power electric vehicles. When asked about the healthcare crisis, Polly ever said that his primary goal will be to make sure that internationally trained medical professionals are trained up much faster when they come to Canada. And now for international news this morning, in Burkina Faso, about 50 women have been abducted in the northern province of Sum. Al Jazeera is reporting that the women were picking fruit when they were kidnapped. Civilians and security forces launched ground and air searches for the missing women, but they have not yet been successful. The women were about 15 kilometers from the town of Arbinda, a town that has been under the control of an armed group through a blockade for years. The report quotes Idrissa Badini from November 2022, who said that the population of Arbinda has used up its reserves and are on the brink of a humanitarian disaster. Nearly 1 million people in Burkina Faso of the population of 22 million live in towns that are controlled by blockades and armed groups. The government in Ouagadougou only controls about 60% of the territory of Burkina Faso, making the situation there very volatile for average people. Those are your headlines for Tuesday, January 17th. I'm Nora, and hey, if you can share this podcast, that would be really appreciated. And don't forget, today, it's Sandy and Nora Day. A new episode drops in a couple of hours.